All right. So hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this lovely Thursday uh, in December. We're almost at the end of 2020. And let's just hope, in, let's just hope that 2021 is not a continuation of 2020. Um, so with that, I am really excited to talk about today's topic with one of our very own Power to Fly mentors, Yael Gutman. Um, she is going to be talking to us about meeting madness and how we can, you know, get a hold of our meetings, our calendars, and our schedules. And so Yale is a senior director for digital products at Outstanding. And so with that, um, Yale, I want to hand it over to you, and then I will just go over some quick housekeeping rules. Cool. So um, I've been working for many years, and um, meetings have always been a topic of discussion wherever I've been. Too many meetings or not constructive meetings, or we didn't get what we needed from a meeting, a lot of frustrations about meetings. And, um, and throughout the years, I've collected some, um, you know, tips on how to make the most out of meetings. Um, I've seen many people manage them differently. Um, not everything works for everybody. Um, but there are ways to sort of make them more productive. It's like email sometimes, you know, email has people use email with disregard to the tool itself. Like sometimes you should have a meeting instead of sending an email. If you have 20 emails about back and forth, then, and you still haven't solved the issue, then you probably, that's probably not the best medium uh, for that topic. And same with meetings. So it's always keeping in mind what is the best tool for the topic and also for the people. Some people are better with meetings, some are better with um, email. So we'll, we'll talk about all that stuff. I love this intro because it's so true. And I've seen a lot of candles coming out recently that sell that say like, this smells like it could have been an email versus a meeting. So, you know, I feel like this is really repetitive in our lives now. Um, and so quickly, you know, before we dive in today, um, so I know we only have 30 minutes, but I just want to let everyone know, you know, please feel free to come off of mute right in the chat. We really want you to participate and engage in today's conversation. Um, it's all about you. I'm just here to moderate. Um, and Yale, of course, who's sharing our insights with us. But um, if there's something that you wanted to ask, anonymously, please feel free to write to me in the chat uh, box. You can find my name by hitting the drop down menu and finding my name, Nicole Felter. Um, but you know, without further ado, I want to get us kicked off and let you know that we will be recording this. We will send out the recording afterwards. So you can always reference it after. Um, and so with that, um, yeah, 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 I want to get us kicked off today with uh, some of the pre-submitted questions that we had. And again, you know, if anyone on the line has a question about how to make more effective meetings or, you know, how to determine what should be a meeting versus an email, please feel free to drop that in the chat. But until then, so first question, right, you know, perfect segue, how can we avoid meetings that should have been emails and how do we communicate the need for that with supervisors who run unnecessarily long meetings? Mm -hmm. um, so I think if um, you're invited to a meeting and this is something that you know, you can solve in an email. I many times do, you know, I just respond. If you know what the questions are, then sometimes you can just respond with what your answers are and say, let me know if there's anything else uh, you would like to discuss. 
And so you're already saying, I'm not accepting the meeting, here is the information. And, and maybe there is something else to discuss. Um, so that's, that's one thing to sort of divert from a meeting to something else. Um, and I think regarding the supervisors, um, I think if there's a structure to meetings, that many times helps. Um, so if there is no agenda, suggest an agenda. An agenda is not just the topic of the meeting. So if there is um, a matter that needs to be discussed, and these, my meetings always have agendas. Um, and sometimes it's, you know, we need to discuss a topic, it's a brainstorming, so, so that's what we do. Um, but if there's a meeting where I need, we need to discuss two topics that two other team members should have the answers to, I have to address one thing, then I break it out. So I'll be talking about topic A for 10 minutes. Um, Susie will be talking about the next thing for 15 minutes. And of course, you don't have to fill out the 15 minutes or, um, but it already gives a structure to it. Um, and so that's, so I would suggest if these are in your meetings, first structure yours. Um, and if things come up during the meeting that are unrelated, I had a meeting yesterday that was about one thing and there was an adjacent topic, uh, but it really went down that rabbit hole. And so I had to continually bring it back and say, oh, that's, you know, let's put that in the, if you still want to discuss that, that we can discuss that next meeting. But I kept going back to my agenda. Um, which was everybody's agenda. You know, we just sometimes go through rabbit holes. Um, and then if if your organization or your team doesn't have uh, agendas as part of the structure of a meeting invite, after you show that yours are going well, you can suggest like um, to your department head or your team head, let's have all meetings have agendas. And then you can prepare for it. So it's not just, I mean, many times there's just the title of the meeting and people come in and they really do not know what, they're what the topic is. And then you have to start with all this background by just setting an agenda, people can become come more prepared for a meeting and have a more productive meeting than if they just show up. It's so true. And I, and I got a private message about, you know, the meeting thing is meetings that never end, you know, people that fill the time when it should just end naturally. And so, you know, maybe with this whole agenda you're talking about, maybe if the agenda's over, like just ending the meeting there and not being okay, right? Not having to fill all of the time. We finished at my organization now. We were very heavy meeting um, a few years ago. We got much better. And then with, you know, with Corona, it's not that we have more of the meeting meetings, but we have more touch points where you have to call someone and you, or you have to have like a, a Zoom, just like you would at the office, you would go to someone's desk. So there are all these types of meetings now. Um, so we like celebrate when we finish early. Um, one thing that I would also add to the way of uh, the structure of a meeting, finish the meeting when you think the agenda is over. And I do this when it's not just, my meeting, but when I'm a contributor to the meeting, I summarize. So this is what we discussed. These are the action points, anything else. And I mean, if people want to hang out after that, that's on them. 
but that's my um, that's my cue that the meeting's over. We've summarized it. There's no need to to continue to talk. Now that doesn't mean that you know. Um, I think it's especially um, needed now because there is no face to face to start meetings very nice. You know, have a few minutes, and people are always late. <laughs> so um, I have like a rule for myself that it's five to seven minutes of chit chat. So I do that at the beginning. Um, and then it's all business. I summarize. And then if I feel like talking to someone or they like, but it's over. Like there's no, and a lot of people now um, in my organization, we really do celebrate that we finish early. Um, and after the summary, we're like, oh, you have 15 minutes back. You have five minutes back. And it's become such a joyous occasion. Um, everybody's smiling when, when that is introduced because everybody wants their time back. Um, it's just, you know, the, I think there's some sense of if you, it's a meeting of, it's an hour meeting. And so I'm not, as if you, you didn't do your job if you didn't fill it out, but everybody's happy to leave early. So just acknowledge it and let people go. You bring up such a good point uh, because sometimes, you know, we just have to let it go and just let it be. But I, I like that you mentioned that you leave that five to seven minutes at the beginning to communicate because obviously in this time, right? If you were especially used to being in an office, it can be really hard to feel like, well, now I don't have any way to catch up with people because everyone's so busy with back-to-back -back meetings. You know, how can I really catch up? So thank you for mentioning that. And I, I wanted to go back to a point you mentioned before. You had said that, you know, a couple of years ago, your organization was really meeting heavy. And so I wanted to ask, you know, did you go about doing a meeting audit or how did you go about, you know, across the organization, minimizing the amount of meetings that you had? Um, so we, we have a team of, um, well, now we're 20 something, but we may have been around 30, just our team, just our department. And we were able to create a lot of meetings. So my, the team I'm a part of my department is product, which is product and design, um, business development, data, um, that's so three things, three sub teams. So we were able to create a lot of meetings. Um, and then we had all these coordination meetings between the teams. Um, and some of that was top down. Um, so we had a weekly meeting with everybody. So 30 people in a room giving status updates. That wasn't the most efficient. Um, it wasn't productive. People would, and you, you know, it's not productive. I mean, people are sitting there with a laptop. So then it was no laptops allowed, um, which is also good. So if you, if you do need people in meetings to be attentive, you, you can't have that rule. Um, in this case, this was an example of people were not, it's so important to have the right people in the meeting, which is something we should talk about. Um, but we did have discussion with our department lead on how to consolidate meetings. So we did it within our department. Um, something else that um, was very important was you don't invite, like it's not a social event. Unless it's a social event, it's not. <laughs> so really just invite the appropriate people to meetings. So if I invite my colleague and she wants to invite her team, that's on her. Um, but my team 
whoever is relevant goes. So if it's a product that uh, my direct report leads, then she or he can go. Like, I don't need to be in everything. They don't need to be in everything. Um, and then we have our smaller sync ups. Um, so I think it was a, a combination of there was just so many, something had to be done. So we did discuss it with our management and consolidated meetings and space them out. Doesn't have to be every week. Like it, it's good to have a whole, you know, department meeting. So now it's every month. We don't need it every week. Um, and just really be very, we introduce agendas to all meetings. So including the big ones. Um, so they just became very targeted. So you know who should be there. Sometimes, you know, everybody would show up because we didn't know what we were going to talk about. So um, it was top down and also these efficiencies about really clarifying what the meeting is about and what the expectation is. So for example, um, if I have a meeting and I know I need two pieces of data from someone else in the organization, I let them know ahead. So my expectation is that when they come to the meeting, they already are going to provide us with that information. We don't need 10 people for me to ask people to do stuff. So if everybody comes ready, then me, then it's a productive meeting. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, that's perfect. And that's, that's great advice. And, you know, I would love to go back to a point and we had a question come in the chat about, you know, how do you help break that everyone goes to everything mentality that some folks do have. And so I guess, you know, how were you and your team able to identify the key stakeholders when it came to a decision, right? Because it's not always going to be the same people. Totally. So I ask, first of all, my team, um, I know about all the meetings and I choose to go or not. I usually choose not um, unless I'm needed. So I ask, am I needed? And my team knows to tell me, you know, there's sensitivity about this issue or something like that. And then they ask for my presence. Otherwise, I don't need to be in every meeting. And when um, I get an invite, I look at the invite list. And if it's me and my team, I can tell some of my team, you don't need to, you don't need to go to this. Um, this is someone else's. Now, when I have, I need stakeholders from other teams, I ask in advance. I send the head of that area this is what I'm going to talk about. Who do you suggest I invite? It's rarely, I never get an answer. I invite my whole team. Like they tell me, no, for this and this, um, you know, go with A and B. Um, only when I need to socialize a new product or something like that, then we, we do have big meetings when we're introducing a new project or a new product, when we're reviewing the um, a post launch report, then we absolutely do share information and we invite a lot of people, but it has to be meaningful for them. So if I don't know who the right stakeholders are, I ask in advance and then I invite, or I do the invite, I invite the head of that team and I on the side send a message, um, I invited you to this, who from your team would you like to take the lead on this? So I don't assume who should be in the meeting unless you know, when you're in an organization for a while, you at some point you do know. Uh, but if there's any hesitation, I, I ask because they don't, no one wants their whole teams at a meeting. It's, it's just annoying to everybody. 
Definitely. And then, so do you recommend in those cases where you can say, okay, I don't need everyone at the team uh, or at the meeting that you have, you know, that point of contact taking the important notes or is the person who's organizing the meeting, like really taking all the notes to distribute to everyone after what have you seen be most effective? So I do take notes for my meetings. And when it's not my meeting, I take notes for myself. And I think that should be the expectation. So if it is my meeting and there are action items on the design team and on the marketing team, I take note of that um, and I distribute the notes. Um, my expectation also is that if someone was in the meeting and they got an action item, they took more delib- like more detailed notes on, on their action item. Um, many times meetings end and there are no, no notes, which is then a problem because then oh, I thought we agreed or we didn't agree. So I'm, I'm very happy taking notes because that's how I know what my next agenda is and how I move forward with my projects. I don't believe there's someone that's above taking notes or there's someone that's a designated note taker. If there is a reoccurring meeting, many times we rotate the note taking so that not, you know, no one feels like they're um, the note taker. Um, and I also believe that whoever takes the notes has a lot of power um, because at the end of the day, I mean, I do capture what happened in the meeting. <laughs> I don't make it up. Uh, but the note taker is really the one that archives what the next steps are. But I won't take the most detailed notes on an area that I'm not familiar with. So I'll say design action item is this and this, but if there was a whole plethora of details that's out of my um, understanding that I, I don't like, I don't do a disservice by not writing all of that down. The, the meeting notes of the meeting is high level, what was agreed and who's doing what. And my expectation is that the participants themselves, if they have something that's on them, they take more detailed notes. That's a great point. I know I'm trying to get a little bit better at taking notes myself because you know sometimes it's easy to get distracted. And I'm sure other people on the line know when you're in a meeting and especially if you feel you're maybe not necessarily want not wanted, but not needed. And then they call on you and they're like, oh, do you have this? You're like, what? Can you repeat that? Um, you know, because you're we're doing something else because you're like, I don't really need to be here. Um, so these are all really important uh, pieces of advice. And so I, I wanted to ask you as well, you mentioned leaving five to seven minutes at the beginning of meetings to communicate and you know catch up, chit chat, all of that. Do you also set aside time for your team, for your department to have you know just a fun meeting where they can catch up maybe at the end of the month or I don't know, happy hours as some people are doing? Um, how have you kind of been able to maintain some of the relationships So our department does do that. Um, We have had um, a few non, like non-work designated meetings. Um, They were a little awkward at the beginning and now, you know, we're getting more into the groove of it. Um, So we do that as a department. Um, I also do, so I meet with my direct reports. I mean, I speak with them every day, but I also have um, regular check-ins with them 
so twice a week um, individually. And during that, we also have the free time at the beginning. Um, so I haven't done like happy hour on myself um, because we do have it on the department level, something that I'm thinking about. It's just, we still have a lot of meetings. Um, so we were meeting heavy, got much, much better. And, and now because of COVID, so the, the, the way we manage the meetings is still the same and it's productive, um, but everybody has these impromptu meetings that sort of guide their day because um, it's instead of the, when you walked up to an engineer and you just had to ask a question or, so there's still a lot of, um, I think we're still finding our way of um, how do we um, solve for, for the meetings that are not like agenda driven. It's I have a little question here, I have a little question there. And then, you know, your, your, your day has more meetings than what you started off with. Um, so I'm, so I haven't done more of the more casual stuff because I feel um, we have enough. Like we, we have the, where we are doing some of the cooler stuff, um, but it's it's just so much being on the phone. Like we don't do phones, but we, it's just so much to be on the video all the time um, that I, I haven't introduced to all. People are probably thanking you for that right now because you know when you are on the back-to-back -back meetings, the last thing you want the last thing you want to get added to is a fun meeting. You're like, I don't think there's going to be much fun because I already have a lot of meetings going on and I would like to not be on more meetings. Um, so, okay. That's fantastic. So, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I had a, I had a question. Oh, okay. So how have you been able to handle this idea of people, you know, sending you a, a quick message and saying, Hey, I really like to hop on the call for like five, 10 minutes just to talk out an idea. Right. Because you know, sometimes that happens when you're trying to work through an idea, you don't have that office where you can just go to somebody's desk and toss an idea back and forth. And sometimes Slack messages, you know, things get lost in translation through communication. So how have you either combated that or embraced that? What have you and your team done? So um, I think similar to how when we did go to the office, people would come to your desk. It wasn't always at the most opportune moment. Um, and then, you know, they're at your desk and you're uncomfortable saying not now. Um, but I think with messages coming in, it's, it's actually more helpful because you can say, you know what, I do have 10 minutes, but it's not now. Can we talk at three? So there's, um, and I think that these discussions, there's, there's nothing yet invented to to take away from the face-to-face. -face. Sometimes, you know, you it's much more productive to talk than to send messages. Um, I have a rule that if I've, we've had an email go on for more than three back and forths, like I don't, I, I just move on to a meeting. Cause that's another, the reading of the email and they have to go back, like that's so not productive either. So the, the reason for having a meeting is, is real, um, but it's about educating people and letting and being okay also with yourself to say, I can't now, let's do it at three. Also something that's really important is being able to decline the meeting. Um, I know 
I've, I've had people say, oh, I feel like I've been invited and I have a conflict and I don't know what to do. Well, you can't be in two meetings. So it's okay to decline the meeting. And if you were really needed for the meeting, then your calendar would pro probably be consulted. So if someone's inviting you when you're already spoken for, then either they didn't look at your calendar or you're not that required. So I think it's okay also to um, decline meetings, say I have a conflict. If you are really needed, they'll change it up. Um, and when I decline, I'll say if there's anything I have a conflict, let me know. And there's no agenda usually for those. Um, let me know if there's anything specific you need my help with. Maybe then I can respond with an email with a, you know, with the answer. Um, so I think the someone reaching out to you, telling you, can we speak for five minutes? And absolutely, if you if you, there's value in it, say yes. But it doesn't have to be at that specific second. Yeah, two things here. You know, I think it's so easy in this day and age where you just get a Slack message and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to turn all my attention there. And you get pulled into that. I know I get to pulled into like a Slack poll where somebody's messaging me and another person messages me. And then I stop what I'm originally doing with then, which then takes me, you know, 10 times longer to finish. Um, and, you know, be, feeling empowered in saying no it's so important to growth, right? To be able to take a step back and say, I really just can't do this. And honestly, come on, who doesn't love getting an email that says, Hey, can we reschedule? Because I just don't, I can't right now. Or, you know, I've got something going on like that is music to my ears. Somebody canceled a play date with me the other day. And I was like, canceled meetings are my favorite meetings. So you know what? That's totally okay with me. Um, and so, you know, let's say, you know, finishing up here, canceling meetings and getting out of meetings, how can you respectfully do so? And how do you suggest, you know, following up if you have to cancel a meeting? Mm -hmm. So declining a meeting, um, I think we should really empower ourselves to do that. Um, you know, it's, it's mind boggling how many times people are double booked, triple booked, quadruple booked. So that means they were not respecting your time. If you have four separate meetings in your calendar, that means no one looked at your calendar. Now, obviously you can't be in four meetings. Another things that I've done when I was, you know, at the beginning, and I see other people do, they're in one meeting and the, they're in two meetings. One, they're listening, and one, they have someone else like telling them, oh, let me know. Or when we did go to the office, being in one meeting and then working on an email on the side or working on a deck because you actually have real work that you have to do apart from being in meetings. Um, I think once you start declining meetings, uh, people start respecting your calendar more. Again, if you're not needed, then they don't notice. But if you are needed, people will start understanding that they should consult the calendar. And if you decline, I, you know, add a note, I have a conflict. Hmm. It's true. And they should have known that when they scheduled the meeting. Um, and is there anything specific you need for me? So again, a call for, can you give me some information so I can come more prepared? And you can say, do you have anything specific you need so next time I can come prepared 
And then you sort of train people that when, you know, they, they want you in a meeting, one, they should look at your calendar and two, give you some information so you come prepared and then the meeting is more um, productive. Mm. Um, and then oh. when you cancel meetings, as you said, people are very happy when it cancels. <laughs> I know I am. Um, thank you for all of these insights. And so I know we're coming up on the end of today's office hour session, but I just want to, you know, ask you if there's any last words of advice you have for us, Yael, when it comes to, Yael, when it comes to, you know, meetings and conquering our calendars, you know, anything you want to send us off with today? I think the, the unsung hero is an agenda. Like have for your meetings, make it really clear what the meeting is about, only invite the people that are relevant. Um, I have meetings that then other teams invite other team members. Um, and I sometimes say, depending on who else is in the meeting, um, you know, we really wanted to keep this smaller. Can you only invite who is the, um, the working team? Um, and we've had that actually also from management. Sometimes management, there's one person from management that comes and then there's 15 other people and it's, a, it's an overwhelming feeling um, when it's in the meeting room and also when it's on Zoom. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have the people that go off video because they're not really, they're doing their own thing, they're not needed there. So um, I feel for, for your meetings, own them. Mm -hmm. If others are inviting, like forwarding and forwarding your email, feel, feel empowered also to go back to whoever you invited I really want this to be productive. You know, when it's a bigger meeting, we go off topic. Can you, can you make sure it's just who needs to be there? Um, meeting notes at the end and the action items. Like those three things I think are really a good way to start. Something else also, I'm starting to reduce my meetings for they're either, so it's usually an hour or half an hour less than half an unless it's like a really, I just need to ask you a question. Um, I'm trying to make my meeting 45 minutes um, because people are just running after their tail. So, and, and most meetings you can, if you're productive, if there's an agenda, usually that's enough time um, to, to grab people's attention and really direct them to, to what it needs to be with the five to seven minutes uh, pleasantries at the beginning. <laughs> I love that you include that. Well, perfect. I want to say thank you so much to you, Yael, for your uh, time today. It has been lovely and getting some tips on combating this meeting fatigue and Zoom's day and, you know, moving forward into the new year with some of these tips and, uh, you know, agenda and all meetings and the power to say no. So yes. thank you so much um, for being here today. And thank you for everyone on the line. Uh, we will send this recording out and I hope you all have a very non-2020 day. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thank